Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Lux mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi guys, welcome back to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. I'm here with Sarah Huron. Hello, hello. Travis Cronin. Hey. Gwen Flamberg. Well, hello and hello. <laughs> and hello, I'm your host, Brody Brown. You can, of course, listen on Spotify, tune in on iTunes, blare us on a newly opened beach, so long quarantine, or enjoy our silky voices as you delight in an oversized ice cream cone on a hot, almost summer night. (laughs) Basically, you can enjoy this podcast however you choose to enjoy it. This is America, after all. We are grateful you're back again for another juicy dive into all the most notable news of the week. There's so much going on, and of course, as we've noted in the last two podcast episodes, our world, our country, our culture, and yes, as it pertains to us here at Us Weekly, celebrity and entertainment news has been affected in most instances for the better as a result of the protests demanding racial justice and the Black Lives Matter movement. We've seen new people taking a stand and using their voices, and we've seen some not-so-new people needing to use their voices to apologize for past errors. But it's not just about mea culpas and make goods this week, no, no, no. Although we will be addressing Lady Antebellum's name change debacle, Alex from MTV's Siesta Key getting the boot because of his racist remarks, Beyonce speaking out for Breonna Taylor, and the wild, inspired pop star someone suggested to replace Confederate monuments in Louisiana. We have surprising news about Real Housewives quitting, tons of exclusive brought to you by Us Weekly Only baby news, equally exclusive news about celebrities tying the knot, Hannah Brown trying to save lives after her racism scandal, rebound couples that are still going strong, tattoo talk and new engagements, unsurprising splits, historic casting announcements, and we have an illuminating chat about Doja Cat, if she's canceled or not, with Fred from Media Takeout, or MTO, as you may know it, and a delicious, fun, and also really informative interview with Sweetie. You know the singer who sang, that's my type, that's my type. She has a new song out this week called Tap In, and new music on the way, so we broke it all down with her. But we've got tons of news to get through. First, let's set those intentions, as we do every week. It's for celebrities to start doing things, to stop doing them. Baby girl, Sarah Huron, who's your intention for this week? How fun to hear you sing in the intro. Oh, that was not singing, but thank you. Is that the song from TikTok? It is on TikTok. And I asked her about that and she was like, oh, I didn't know it was getting super popular on there. I was like, yeah, people are just TikToking away to my type like crazy on all through quarantine. 
I only know music that's popular on TikTok. It's all oh, I have. But yeah, my type. Yes, that she is the one who's saying that. Great. Um. Okay. So I don't know if we're gonna talk about this because it broke like right before we started. But I just need to talk about Kristen Stewart and Princess Diana right now. Do it. So <laughs> Kristen Stewart of Bella Swan herself of Twilight fame is supposed to be playing Princess Diana in a new movie, and I'm not okay with it at all. <laughs> I'm very angry. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> Just wrong. And I want Sophie Turner to do it instead. Oh, ooh, Sarah, I love the twist. I love that you have someone to replace her. And Gwen, you're clearly pissed about her, the casting too. I saw you shaking your head. Here's the thing. It's, it's a head scratcher, Brody. But if the aim of this piece is to shine new light on who we all perceive Princess Diana to be, you know, let's say that maybe her inner bad girl, her inner kind of like bad ass is going to come through, then I actually think that Kristen Stewart might do okay with it. My bigger issue is that Kristen Stewart is like pretty one note with her acting. Mm. So I don't know if I can handle another like two hours and five minutes of like those like kind of like vacant longing stares that she does, <laughs> you know? Yeah. But well, 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 let's see. Let's In see. addition to the looks being weird, Kristen's story, it just doesn't do it for me with the, with the acting. I'm sorry. I just, I'm, I'm offended on behalf of the royal family. Well, everyone's a critic. And Sarah, <laughs> thank you for being a consistent royal defender. Gwen, who's your intention for this week? Meghan Markle could do it better. <laughs> uh, you know what? Oh. I actually think that Meghan Markle could do it better. And it would be like her goal part if you will, but I don't think that's going to happen. Anyway, my intention is actually, Brody, for two people, for Brielle and Ariana Beerman. Oh, now, boy. I, well, here's the thing. I kind of stopped watching Real Housewives of Atlanta very early on. It actually was my favorite of all the Real Housewives shows. I, I watched it, you know, as long as I stayed really invested in the franchise, if you will. But I don't really know of these sisters, these daughters of Kim Zolciak, except for their Instagram and TikTok personas. Now, these girls, they really do write in bikini pictures. They've got amazing bodies. They're very curvy. They're very reality-based. And now something else I just learned, definitely late to the party, Kim Zolciak designs a swimwear line. It's called Salty K. So here's my, here's my intention for you girls. Keep posting pictures in the Salty K. I love it. I would like to see a new one every day. I'd like to see singles. I'd like to see doubles of you girls posing together. I would also like for you to send me a Salty K bikini. And then it'll all just come full circle. My well, intention. you know, you can catch up more of the family's antics on Don't Be Tardy, their successful Bravo spinoff. I just wish those girls would maybe, I don't know, pump something into their lips and make them a little bit bigger. They look kind of small. And maybe you some love, I love their adventures in um, aesthetic procedures, if you will. And you can read all about their journey on usmagazine.com slash stylish. Yes, you, you can. Don't you be sure Tardy has been off the air forever. But it's it's coming back or something. There, it, it's it's not done. Yeah, I saw it on Instagram comment that it was supposed to be July, but then now that all the housewives are being pushed back because of COVID, don't be tardy got pushed back to October. But like this stuff was taped like over a year ago. It's going to be very relevant by the time it airs. Maybe it's timeless, Sarah. Don't underestimate the power of the Zolziak family. <laughs> 
Okay, well, my intention is for Mark Ruffalo. I'm not sure if you guys saw that he apparently lost 20 pounds by eating only 1,000 calories a day to appear in HBO's I Know This Much Is True. I mean, I know there were all kinds of push-ups he was doing and this 1,000-calorie-a-day diet. His director talked about it. He would have, like, a granola bar or something really light. But basically, I want to know how he developed the willpower. I want him to blog about it. I'm still over here... Like quarantine isn't wrapping up and the world won't be subjected to my body soon. And like when I look down, it's not like I, you know, I see that my abs have turned to udders. So I'm hoping that Mark will tell the people how to develop some willpower so I can spare you all from the atrocities that I've committed to my own body during quarantine. Let's move on to some news. Wow, Eva Marcel putting down her peach. Travis Cronin, weren't you as shocked as I was to hear that Eva's leaving Real Housewives of Atlanta after three seasons? Yes, I was shocked because she's such a great cast member. Everyone loves her. She's such a calming presence on the show. But then again, I wasn't so surprised because you can tell she doesn't love to be in the drama of Atlanta and it sort of like brings her down. So when she stepped out, I was like, I sort of get this. She just like doesn't want to fight with these ladies anymore. She just wants to raise her family. I wasn't shocked at all. Yeah, I didn't think she was really bringing it this last season. And she said she wants to serve her community on the Ricky Smiley Morning Show and find ways to be a voice during this transformational time in our country for people of color. But Sarah, why weren't you surprised? She just was pregnant the whole time she's on the show. And like, God bless her and all blessings to all her children. But it really was not doing it for me on my TV screens. And I feel like she's just got so much going on in her like real life that she doesn't have time to be messy. And I had high hopes for her because like top model alum, you think it was going to be like awesome. But I just feel like she wasn't at a good place in her life. Like maybe in a few years down the line when her kids are older. Yeah, it was rough. And she was not always down to receive the swings that the ladies were uh, tossing in her direction. Yeah, she threw shade but couldn't take it. Uh, Courtney Kardashian, honey, what are you doing in that flannel shirt? Gwen. Don't you want to know? Yeah. Don't you want to know? So does the internet because everybody surmised that she was wearing Scott Disick's shirt and obviously... You know, you must be back together oh, if you're Jesus, wearing I each other's not. clothes. She knows Brody, what she's doing. Brody, you have left one of your on-again, off-again, on-again, <laughs> off-again, on-again lovers wearing sure. their shirt, have you not? <laughs> so, you know, this is very relatable. She's just like us. I'm rooting for them to get oh back my together. God. So. Well, as you noted, as someone who's now vehemently anti-on-again, off-agains, I say, no, Courtney, please move on, move out. A source told us exclusively that Scott and Courtney are in Wyoming at Kanye's ranch there with Kim and that uh, Stormy, Kylie, Chloe, True, and Chris are all there. Now, regarding Scott and Sophia, a source also exclusively told us that they need time to figure out what they want. They won't get back together immediately and they need time apart. Well, I hope they take that time, but I also hope that Courtney and Scott stay apart. Were the three of you disappointed by Victoria Beckham saying she's over wearing tight clothes? I mean, listen, I love Victoria Beckham. I take everything that she says with slight grain of salt. Like she might be over wearing tight clothes today, but in three months, she's going to be back in those Victoria Beckham label sheath dresses. I hope. I mean, I feel so protective of the memories of the Spice Girls. When she said, looking back, she thought it was a sign of insecurity that she'd always wear clothes that were very tight, very fitted. And now her personal style has become more relaxed and she doesn't need to prove anything in the way she dresses. I'm like, wait, what? No, I don't want, I don't want that. I, I must have missed this story on usmagazine.com slash stylist. Stylish. <laughs> but wow, that's interesting. That does kind of surprise me. Guys, also, we're, we're talking about old school. 
in old school looks. Brittany rocking these new bangs. What's what's going on here, Gwen Flamberg? I I love that she cut those bangs. She's been talking about it for a long time, and she finally did it. You know, it's like ever since Homegirl shaved that head, Brittany's hair <laughs> is breaking. It sure me. is, but. I, even though it's been a long nurtured desire of hers, people doing the quarantine bangs, I don't know if that's always the best. Did she cut them herself? Absolutely. Unclear, but if she did, she did a really good job. They were pretty straight. Congrats to her. And congrats to Tiana Taylor, who announced that she is pregnant. She and her husband, Amon Shumpert, confirmed her pregnancy at the end of her new video, Wake Up Love. Now, the horrifying thing here for me is I feel like she'll be pregnant and the entire time and after we'll have those abs that we first fell in love with that will still be better than mine. Exactly. I thought the exact same thing, Brody. Because her, she is tight and right. Tayana Taylor has the best it's body of anybody in Hollywood. Those abs. Well, guys, we have a little hot Us Weekly exclusive. Michelle Williams, yes, the one who is best friends with Busy Phillips, the Oscar-winning actress, gave birth. As we've reported, yes, as we reported. Did you really just list Michelle Williams' first identifier as Busy Phillips' best friend? Oscar-winning actresses in there, too. But, (laughs) you know, we cover Busy Phillips almost every day on the site. People, I have to differentiate which Michelle Williams we're talking about. But this is the Michelle Williams who secretly tied the knot with Thomas Kale earlier this year. And after they were spotted wearing rings. And now Us Weekly can tell you exclusively she has given birth. Matilda has a sibling. That's right. Also an Us Weekly exclusive, lo and behold, Kathy Lee Gifford's daughter, Cassidy, tied the knot with Ben Weirda. We broke the news. And then Cassidy's rep confirmed that they got married in an intimate setting in his backyard in Michigan. They're planning on having a big celebration when it's safe to do so in the future. And another Us Weekly exclusive. That's right, people. Hold on to your hats. That's the third exclusive in a row. Will Arnett's girlfriend, Alessandra Braun, gave birth on May 27th to the couple's first child together. Alexander Dennison Arnett. He's home and doing well. Little baby Alexander Dennison, who is going to go by the name Denny. And as we know... He's already the dad, that's Will, is already the dad, to Archie and Abel, who he had with his ex-wife, Amy Poehler. But speaking of hot dads... Hello? Hey! So, I wanted to invite you to my DILF barbecue next Sunday. (laughs) That's right! You guys, it's a DILF barbecue. I, you know, for a minute I was going to change the acronym because the action sounds kind of aggressive and DILF, and then I was like, Maybe it can be dadded like to kiss, but then the acronym for that sounds like somebody putting a body part in a glass of milk. So we'll just leave it at Dilf Barbecue, and you can interpret that as you will. Anyhow, I've asked my co-host to pick three to four celebrity dads they'd invite over for a Sunday Fundy barbecue. And the dishes they'd want them to bring Travis Cronin, who are your dads you'd mm-hmm. like to invite over? Okay. Well, I went for my celebrity dads with dads who I also want their children to come to oh, my barbecue. Oh, sweet. Awesome. So I invited first on my list is Lenny Kravitz. Oh, yeah. And since he's such an icon, he can bring whatever meat people eat these days on the barbecue. A resident vegetarian. And then, and then I really want Harper there. So David Beckham is coming oh. just so I can play with Harper's little adorable curls. I <laughs> she is real cute. Man. She's the cutest. I look at pictures of her like more than I'd like to care to admit. <laughs> um, Dwayne... Dwayne Wade is my second one. Oh, yes. I would just love a little Dwayne Wade. Oh my God, Kavya! I'm coming over if Kavya is coming yeah. over. And I really want Kavya to come over too. I thought they could be in charge of drinks. Okay. 
And then my last dad is Jason Momoa. Oh, God. Well, it, it sounds like Jason will have two invites this Sunday. Um, Sarah, who's coming to your Dilf barbecue? Can I just say, first of all, when the phone rang and you called, I thought we were being hacked. Um, and I was nervous about who was on the other line. But second of all, my dad one time yelled at me for using the word DILF on a sign on college game day. So I'd like to apologize to him for using well, it again. Maybe it's right dad I'd like to but, friend. Dad I'd like to friend. Like, yeah, yeah. Go. And my friends, my friends would be Jason mm-hmm. Momoa, mm-hmm. Josh Dumel. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jason Momoa is busy, by the way. He's at my barbecue. <laughs> no, he's coming to my barbecue. <laughs> and Kyle Chandler, aka Coach Eric Taylor, oh, friend of mine. Did you tell the gents to bring any dishes or no? It's just. No, they. I forgot about that part, <laughs> but also they are doing more than enough. By showing up shirtless. Oh, that's beautiful. So leave your shirts at home. Bring the kids to Travis yeah. because he clearly <laughs> wants to hang out with them. And you just come on over. Gwen, who's, I like Gwen, it. who's coming to your Dilf barbecue? Well, obviously, my first choice is Brad Pitt. Oh. And he better not he better not turn down the invitation. I would grill some meat on the barbecue to make tacos. I would serve him tacos and a dessert of peach pie. <laughs> I mean, does that not sound mouthwateringly good, delectable? I would also invite Dwayne Johnson, a.k.a. The Rock, and I would make a bevy of tequila-based cocktails with his just-dropped Terramana tequila. Brody, can they send me some Terramana tequila? How should they send you? You know, I'm a a tequila drinker, and I really would like to make some Reposado cocktails using Terramana. We don't have to wait for the barbecue. I need to perfect my mixology skills with Terramana before True. then. All right, I would I would also invite Justin Thoreau, who's not an actual dad, but he is a dog he is, dad. He is. Kuma. I, I would love to have Kuma at the barbecue, but she could also go to yours, Trav. <laughs> I, and I believe he is plant-based, so I would make some Beyond Meat something on the grill. And of course, last but not least, New York's very own celebrity, Governor Andrew Cuomo. <laughs> I am wooing him in many different ways, and the barbecue would be just one. I would put some hot Italian sausages on that grill and make them well done. And we could also, like, have a slip and slide out and encourage him to take off his shirt so that we could see once and for all if he indeed does have pierced nipples. Wow. Wow. Gwen Flamberg, that was some passionate... Uh, declarations right there. Where's the jello wrestling? It sounds like a good time. I don't know. It sounds like a party. About you guys. Mine's mine's a little more tame. I would have Marco Perego, who's Zoe Saldana's hot director, producer, husband. Mm -hmm. I read somewhere that Zoe said her family was turning vegetarian, so I'd ask for a plate of meatballs, but I'll settle for vegetarian meatballs with extra sauce, because obviously I'm a sauce queen. Idris Elba, so he could bring the beets and also ice cream sundaes. Oh, I love ice him. cream. You scream. We all scream for our ice cream with Idris. And then this seems so <laughs> obvious, and I'm sorry about it, but Channing Tatum. I'm sorry. Those gold LeMay pants he was out recently when he was like taking the trash out of Jesse J's. It shows me he has a sense of humor. So I want him to bring some chicken and we can grill our rotisserie with, again, extra barbecue sauce. And if he can't come, it can be Russell Wilson, Sierra's man. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Thank you. What in the Caucasity, guys? Britney Spears, over 50,500 people have signed, when I last looked, this petition on change.org, started by Cassie Thibodeau for Governor John Bell Edwards, asking him to replace all the Confederate statues, which, yes, should be replaced, in Louisiana with who she described as an actual Louisiana hero, an influential human being, Britney Spears. (laughs) I mean... 
I I get it, but couldn't it be Lil Wayne? Couldn't it be Tyler Perry? Couldn't it be Don Lemon? Couldn't it be Louis Armstrong? Couldn't it be Mahalia Jackson? Someone to really, you know, stick it to the people who wanted these Confederate monuments in the first place. I mean, we could even throw in Richard Simmons statue down there or DJ Khaled. It wouldn't have quite the same effect. But you know whose statue we wouldn't put? Someone from Louisiana, Stassi Schroeder. And let's talk about Stassi, shall we? Sarah Huron, there was some very ex- exciting Stassi Schroeder news that Us Weekly exclusively broke over the weekend. It was not that Stassi had involved herself in a racist scandal because that was one week prior and she had been fired from Vanderpump Rules earlier that week. But what was the news we broke on usmagazine.com? Yeah, we broke the internet because Stassi Schroeder is pregnant and expecting baby number one with fiance Bo Clark. And wow, when it rains, it pours for the cast of Vanderpump Rules. Am I right? Rough timing. Yeah, it's, it's really rough timing. But her rep days later confirmed that Stassi and Bo were welcoming their first child together in the first week of January. And this, yes, it is a complicated a situation for Stasi celebrating her personal news because she's been fired from Vanderpump Rules. As we've heard from a source, Bo won't do Vanderpump Rules without Stasi. And he's standing behind her publicly and privately, too. But as we've seen, not many other people are. Companies, she's lost her podcast, she's lost the book tour. The wine. The wine because of the predicament she's put herself in with her past comments. Also someone who's trying to come out on the other side of a racist scandal after she used the N-word on Instagram Live, Hannah Brown, former bachelorette. But she's had a strange, I guess, attempt at redemption on her path. She was out whitewater rafting with her family and then saved a man from drowning. And he, his girlfriend shared about it on Instagram. Sarah, your thoughts? Well, one, I would just like to say that, I don't know if you saw this, but Rachel Lindsay said on one of her many podcasts, as I always quote, that her and Hannah have talked offline and that she believes Hannah is trying to, you know, be part of the conversation in a positive way and is moving forward in a positive way. So it was just nice to hear that because I thought Hannah's apology was really genuine, but it wasn't really, you know, my place to say. And I was happy to hear Rachel think so too. So I'm looking forward to maybe them having a conversation at some point for me to be able to listen and learn from. But as far as Hannah saving people from whitewater rafting, I mean, what a plot twist that no one saw coming. We know she's strong from that Dancing with the Stars win. And I, I mean, if my boyfriend was saved by Hannah Brown, I would tweet it too. So and like if her publicist set this up, like God bless them because she really needed this win. (laughs) What an inspired way to try to get back into people's good graces. I think she'll need a lot more time and a lot more work. Uh, Speaking of putting in the work, you guys saw Beyonce wrote that open letter to attorney general, Daniel Cameron. He's in Kentucky, which is where Breonna Taylor was killed. She mentioned in her letter that Brianna Taylor was, uh, she was killed in March. She was asleep and unarmed when police busted in. And she, and Beyonce noted that the investigations into this have created more questions than answers, saying that basically we need justice for Brianna and noting that zero arrests have been made and no officers have been fired. This is a situation you can write letters, you can call, but it's helpful when someone like Beyonce sheds light on the situation and makes this open letter to at least call more attention to the fact that justice has not been served for Breonna Taylor. Speaking of justice, there's this, and this is not related to police brutality, but this is related to reform and racism. Lady Antebellum changed their name because Antebellum, as we know, is a word associated with slavery. And they tried to change their name to Lady A. Now, this was a nice moment because they said they had been reflecting. There was some banned discussion. They said they were regretful and embarrassed to say they didn't take into account the associations that weigh down the word referring to the period of history before the Civil War that includes slavery. But then they changed their name and 
a woman who had been using this name said that they changed her name. And she said, it's a, it's a name she's used for over 20 years. She's a singer. She said that they're using the name because of a Black Lives Matter incident. That's just a moment of time, but this is her life. And if it had mattered to them, it would have mattered to them before. Well, subsequently, Lady A and the group formerly known as Lady Antebellum have had discussions, and apparently they will be moving forward with some sort of compromise that will satisfy How much do you think they paid this woman? Because good for her. I'm hoping, I'm hoping quite, quite a bit. But it's, it's an interesting moment when people are trying to make good and correct things that they really need to do the research before they just sort of swing. Right, and right, miss. right. I must have missed that chapter in history class because I had no idea that that's what that meant. But yes, yes. Interesting. Well, the beauty of Google is you can look things up like that. You know what it's time for, you guys? It's time for Celebrity Birthday Boxing Mania. Oh, it's that's back, right. huh? It's back this week. That's right. And that's where we put celebrities in the imaginary ring when it's their birthdays this week. It's a, our way of celebrating. Um, and we put imaginary gloves on them and put them up into imaginary matches so they can pick <laughs> it out. This week's match will be refereed by Paula Abdul, who turns 58 on June 19th. There were a lot of contenders this week who could have gone into the ring. We had Zoe Zoltana, Eileen Davidson, Helen Hunt. But I really tailored these three matches for you three. Gwen. Yes. Courtney, Courtney Cox turns 56 on June 15th mm-hmm. versus Leah Remini, who turns 50 on June 15th. Wow. I mean, both awesome, but Leah Remini, the way that she is taking down the Church of Scientology, basically single-handedly. Hashtag where's Shelly? I think she wins. <laughs> so where right. is Shelly? That's true. Travis, Kevin McHale from Glee turned 32 on June 14th. And Lucy Hale turned 31 on June 14th. Who wins? Oh my God. I'm going to have to go with the pretty little liar herself, Lucy Hale. I'm so sorry, Kevin Hale. You're knocked out. Yeah, that's the right answer. And Sarah, Blake Shelton turns 44 on June 18th versus Neil Patrick Harris. Formerly Doogie Howser, who turns 47 on June 15th, who wins? I don't like Neil Patrick Harris. What? I don't like How I Met Your Mother. Oh. I don't really stand Blake Shelton either, so I don't know why this Mm. one was tailored to me. (laughs) Um, I don't really care because Leah Remedy would win both of them, but I guess I'll say Blake Shelton just because I don't like Neil Patrick Harris on How I Met Your Mother. A double KO is an option, Sarah. True. Yeah. Well, Sarah, I'll allow you to knock out Neil Patrick Harris. And even though you're grumpy, I'll allow you to determine that Leah beats Blake in a battle. So, Gwen, if we've got 50-year-old Leah Remini versus 31-year-old Lucy Hale, who wins in that face-off? I mean, sorry, Lucy, you're going down. Oh, happy birthday and congratulations on winning Somebody Birthday Boxing Mania, Leah Remini. Now let's move on to some more feuds. Travis... I never could have anticipated a Lance Bass versus Jax Taylor from Vanderpump Rules, but what's going on here? Nor could I, Brody. Well, it all started with Jax's tweet against his cast member, Faith, the only person of color on Vanderpump Rules. And she said, she, Jax's tweet was, she's wanted by the police for Grand Theft Auto and AWOL from the military. Bad idea to be on a reality show, dude. He tweeted at the time, someone's going to jail. And then he called out 90 Day Fiance star Ashley Martson for commenting on the size of her husband's nose in a social media comment from 2018. So well, he, he commented on Jay's nose. So yeah. he, and Ashley, Ashley, Ashley stood up and said that was completely unacceptable and racist. Yeah, it was. And Lance Bass and Jax were surprisingly or not surprisingly in business together with their 
not liquor brand, but mixer brand, Just Add X. And Lance was on his podcast and said, he will lose out. I do not see Bravo keeping him. And I have a feeling this will soon be done. And then Lance added, he's also stepping down from Just Add X. And a source told us that Lance is disappointed because he does have love for Jax and wants him to do well. But Lance was under the impression, like everyone else, that Jax wasn't evolving and was going back to his old behaviors. And Lance also officiated his wedding to, you know, Brittany. So it's really, really intertwined. Mm. Interesting. Yikes. It's so bizarre. And I was just reading, we have some highlights from Lance's new podcast that just came out. I guess they're talking all about it now because it's obviously making headlines, this drama. And Lance's his co-host name is Turkey, I guess. Yeah, yeah I guess. Yeah. So I guess Turkey said that he was on the phone in the room when Lance was on the phone with Jax and his publicist. And Lance was explaining that, I don't think you're racist. I think what you said had the intent of being racist. You need to understand that we can't promote these racist things. And he pointed out the thing about Jay's nose. And he said, you can't say that. And his publicist hops on the phone and said, how is that a bad thing? And then you explained why. And his publicist said, well, I'm Jewish. We have big noses. That's not offensive. And then Jack was like, exactly. And then Lance was like, we can't be associated with this. So this is all their side of the story. But it's the plot thickens. And I have no idea what Vanderpump Rules is going to do for season nine, if it even will exist. Well, Bravo's definitely in a predicament and they're clearing house in some places and not yet in other places. As we saw, Tamara Judge, who was a former housewife on Real Hot Sides of Orange County, took to her Insta stories this week. And when a fan asked her if Kelly Dodd, her former co-star, should be fired for racist statements resurfacing, Kelly will be on the next season of Real Housewives of Orange County. Tamara said, yes, I do. That TMZ video is disgusting. Bravo shouldn't just single certain people out like Stassi and Kristen. There should be zero tolerance at this point. Now, there was a video in 2016 TMZ published of Kelly saying she didn't like or know any black guys while being filmed outside of the nice guy in Los Angeles. And at the time, Kelly said, I'm truly embarrassed. There's no excuse for bad behavior or comments that offend anyone. That video does not represent who I really am, and I apologize for acting irresponsibly. I, as we, I mean, I, uh, we've seen Kelly say a lot of problematic shit. Not anything, to our knowledge, recently publicly as racist and messed up as this, as, as Tamara noted, but she's made lots of problematic comments about coronavirus. She's made other problematic comments about the protests. Pick a topic. She's made an inappropriate comment. She, she's, she's made a lot of uh, inappropriate comments. But we've seen MTV's Siesta Key star Alex get fired. They ended their relationship after three seasons of Siesta Key. They said we've made the decisions to cut ties with Alex and are editing the current season to minimize his presence. He will not be in future seasons. We also saw Bravo make a decisive cut. They got rid of Peter from Below Deck Mediterranean. They said he's been terminated for his racist post. Bravo and 51 Mindsets, the production company, are editing the show, the current season, to minimize his appearance for subsequent episodes. Now, speaking of cancellations, Travis, you talked to Fred from Media Takeout, and let's hear a little bit about what he said about cancellations, because he just talked about Doja Cat, and I know you and I have been fans of Doja Cat and her music, but I thought this perspective on um, cancel culture and how she's been canceled has been interesting. Well, there is a lot going on today, and I want to start with your story about Doja Cat and sort of tell everyone, I mean, why she's canceled and why it's trending number one on Twitter today. Pop star Doja Cat is trending this morning because she's had a kind of interesting couple of weeks. A couple of weeks ago, she had the number one song in the world, Say So, with Nicki Minaj, and she was kind of at the peak of her career. But a couple of days after that, there were some troubling videos that showed up of Doja Cat from before she was famous. 
It was in like a chat room with racist people talking about how she's glad she's not black, but she's glad that she's ex. Right. So she was before she was famous. She used to frequent chat rooms and she would go to chat rooms and talk with people. One time she showed up to a chat room, which was a notorious alt right chat room where people said a lot of things that were racially racially insensitive. Some people even called the chat room racist. And so when she was in the chat room, she was kind of hanging out with a bunch of guys and she was saying crazy things. And one of the things that she said is she started talking about being black and making disparaging remarks about black people, talking, sorry, not her, but the people were making disparaging remarks about black people. And she was kind of sitting there laughing along with it. And then she said at one point that she wasn't black. She was mixed and she didn't like the fact that they were calling her a black girl. So I think, you know, in, in essence, the entire kind of, visual of Doja Cat, who many people know and love, kind of there with a bunch of people saying some racially insensitive things, just really didn't didn't go well with a fan. What were your thoughts and what were sort of the media takeout readers' thoughts in this whole situation? I think a lot of people were just surprised. I mean, we Doja Cat is known for doing, you know, talking crazy online. Yeah. You know, she she goes on Twitter and goes on Twitter rants. She's, she's liable to say anything. So to that extent, you're not all that surprised that she did some crazy stuff. But at the same time, too, Doja Cat has also been to talk about her blackness. And she was, you know, in large part, I think a lot of people just saw her as a kind of proud, biracial yeah. black girl. Yeah, like and you know, to see her, right, and now to see her in this eye, I mean, it just it took a lot of people by surprise. I think they were shocked. I think a lot of people were outraged. I, I will say on Doja Cat's, you know, to, to you know, on her behalf, she actually got ahead of it. She went out. She apologized for some of the stuff that she said, and she spoke out. Kind of, you know, she she went on a long kind of explanation of why she did what she did. And she kind of reiterated that she is proud to be black, uh, half black mixed, and said that, you know, she she apologized to her fans that were offended by it. And what did you think of her apology? Do you think she sort of did it in the right way? You know, are you going to still cover on your site? Yeah, I mean, I think Doja Cat, and, and you know, I can tell you from, from our standpoint, on the take out, she is one of the biggest stars for Clipswise. So people mm-hmm. just love to hear about her. I mean, she's she has a kind of mix of she's incredibly good looking and a great body. She's incredibly talented. And she's also a little bit unorthodox, right? So yeah, there's a so lot of kind of like, yeah, there's all kinds of scandal. Like you can just see a Doja Cat scandal coming up every kind of month or so, right? <laughs> and so, you know, obviously we love, we love scandalous women. So, I mean, from our standpoint, I think we're going to continue to cover. I think, you know, watching what's going on, you know, especially, remember, all of this kind of broke before, you know, all of the George Floyd and Black Lives Matter came to the forefront. So now, you know, so people were kind of outraged before. Obviously, people's interests kind of were redirected towards what's going on in the world today. But now that people are kind of revisiting some of the stuff that Doja Cat said, there is kind of a renewed movement on Twitter to cancel her for those things that she's done. And last night is, and I think that's where the big blob happened, and that's probably why she's, and that's certainly why she's trending on Twitter this morning. Is she was trying to fight back that mm-hmm. wave of kind of canceled Doja Cat, and it just seemed like she was really almost falling apart. She was cursing at fans, you know. She's she's really just kind of, um, you know, in her own Doja Cat way kind of falling apart, I think. Travis, did you ever see Doja Cat's apology for her past homophobic comments? I did. Uh, But what Fred was saying, that Doja Cat's type of vibe is that she's controversial and sort of, like, it builds upon itself and she's doing it on purpose. So it's, I mean, it's despicable, but it's sort of like her shtick. 
I don't know. I think that kind of worked before, but it's like when you have a trash apology and then you double down and then you have to keep apologizing. I just think this combined with the recent resurfacing clips are not the look. Now, I know you also asked about how terrible Candace Owens is. You guys talked about Takashi69 is really wearing a real lace front in his most recent video. I know. Yes, they confirm with sources that it was not Nicki Minaj's <laughs> lace front and it was Takashi's. I loved that exclusive info from them. But I know you also talked to Fred about Kim and Kanye, which is interesting because Kim, I know, once sued their site and Kanye used to really like media takeout before. And unsurprisingly, he turned on them because that's what Kanye does. But let's listen to what Fred said about Kim and Kanye's popularity and their marital endurance. I love media takeout so much because you guys do do the best salacious headlines. And I want to ask about sort of who are your top celebrities on the site? Is it someone like Azalea Banks? Is it Kim and Kanye? And also I want to know if you're surprised if they're still married. So I think Kim and Kanye obviously are. And, and I think it's part of the reason is because they're obviously two of the biggest celebrities in the world. But the other side of it, and like I said with Doja Cat is, it just seems like every other day they find themselves in another scandal. And there's nothing more important for us than to have scandal around the celebrity. Kim, I think, has been getting into a lot less of it as she gets older, but Kanye is getting into more of it. So, you know, maybe, you know, five or six years ago, it was Kim with all the scandals and Kanye just kind of being around with it. Now, I think when you're looking at it closer than now, you're finding that Kanye is in with all the scandals. Um, and Kim's in. Yeah. So they're, they're definitely two of our biggest celebrities. And to answer your question, Absolutely, I'm very surprised that they're still married. But we'll see. I mean, they, you know, they they live very different lives. She's he's an international superstar, travels all over the world. So mm-hmm. is she. But now that they had to quarantine together for the last couple of months, you get to see, you know, how strong their relationship really was. So we'll put a to be continued on it with the state of their marriage. Oh my God! Speaking of longevity and endurance, hello. Are you guys as shocked as I am that Ashley Benson and GEZ are still going strong? Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah. I'm more Sarah. confused about Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. Oh my gosh, both of them. I can't believe Machine Gun Kelly and Megan Fox. And now, as we've confirmed with the source, they are like actually very serious, officially dating and referring to one another as boyfriend and girlfriend. Our source said they're enjoying spending more time and more time together and have a strong connection. And he has been posting all these not so cryptic things on social media. He said, I'm calling you girlfriend. What the fuck? Life imitated art on that one in one post, quoting his song, Bloody Valentine. Then he also had like another post where he had like a picture of a sushi picnic and he wrote, in love. I'm like, wow, he's really going for it. He's enamored with her. And he has been for years. I didn't know the difference between Machine Gun Kelly and Jeezy until a month ago. And now they're both in like full-fledged celebrity relationships. So wild How time. How dare you not real reverse racism <laughs> with white rappers? <laughs> but now I'm obsessed with that bloody Valentine song. I can't get it out of my head. So me. I swear to God, I listen to it seven times a day. Oh my gosh. I'm actually really troubled by that. I'm also troubled that these rebound relationships are going the distance. We'll see if they last past summer. And I have to say, I'm kind of disappointed that Brian Austin Green is not actually dating Courtney Stodden because those pictures of the two of them out on a lunch date and and i i was like oh come on i did this is the relationship i did not see coming but alas they're just working on music together which i guess was also quite surprising that's even more troubling true what could this music be do you remember david silver and his little rap days on 90210 i've never heard a courtney stoughton song but either way i don't think either of them need to be making music together Well, who can say that you're speaking on behalf of the people? Because I uh, think 
people need to hear what a Courtney Studd and Brian Austin Green track sounds like. I agree. Maybe they can do a Bloody Valentine remix. Oh, Sarah, enough of the Bloody Valentine. And also, enough of the tattoos. And that's directed to Amanda Bynes. We saw her out with a new tattoo this weekend. The one on her leg that says, see you on the other side. Okay. Well, at least it's not another face tattoo. And as Us Weekly exclusively reported this week, Amanda's lawyer, David Esquibios, told us that Amanda's at a treatment center for stress and anxiety. She's not there for drug or alcohol issues. Now, a source told us that this will be something that Amanda struggles with and will be working on treating for the rest of her life, these issues. Speaking of issues and people trying to turn it around, Aaron Carter and his girlfriend, Travis, I know we're on Aaron Carter Watch every week. He and his girlfriend, Melanie Martin, after reconciling and after she suffered a miscarriage, are now officially engaged. Wow. Uh, Wow. I mean, we should have seen this coming, but I did not. No, I did not. Especially not after their last very public fight involved him accusing her of breaking their dog's leg. And the, the other split we definitely could have seen coming, Janelle Evans, former teen mom star. Speaking of dogs. Yeah, speaking of dogs, has split from David Eason, and he's been arrested on charges for an alleged assault with a deadly weapon and communicative threats following an altercation with his wife, Janelle Evans' friends. Wow, it's really, really messy, but I guess we definitely could have seen that one coming. I've been worried about Janelle ever since she left Nashville and went back to the land with David, so I just need her to really... Yes, I've been really worried about her survival in a very serious way because he is someone who loves guns and loves violence. And but luckily, she's been able to survive. But this honestly, weird segue. But speaking of survival, you guys, that usmagazine.com story Sharon Stone surviving lightning striking her and throwing her across the room to hit her refrigerator. uh, anyhow, uh, p- power to both of them for surviving in the face of adversity. Uh, speaking of survive- surviving in the face of adversity, Hayden Panettiere. We have a really positive story about Hayden Panettiere, which is nice, refreshing for readers who have long followed her struggles in the magazine this week. Um, she split from Brian Hickerson, that bad boy who she was dating. And our Love sources said, that she, yeah, she has a network that's extremely supportive and a champion of her well-being, including her ex-fiance, Vladimir Klitschko. And our source said she's done a 180-degree turn from her horrible ordeal with Brian. She's moving ahead with her life and getting back into working in Hollywood. Now, there's been some very exciting historic news for the Bachelor franchise. Sarah, what is going on? Not only do we finally have our first Black Bachelor, but we have one of our best-looking Bachelors of all time. And it is wonderful news. Matt James, Tyler Cameron's best friend, who was supposed to be on Claire Crowley's season. They are just skipping him on Claire's season altogether, giving him the role season 25 after a call. There was a petition circulating for a Black Bachelor and for more diversity behind the scenes and in front of the camera for the Bachelor franchise, long overdue. And everything we've heard is that he's such a great guy. Him and Tyler work. Um, he co-founded ABC Food Tours, where he takes kids in inner city kids around the city and gives them new culinary experiences and sort of mentors them. Um, He's been part of the quarantine crew with Tyler and Hannah Brown. He makes amazing TikToks with his shirt off in the rain. He's everything we need in a bachelor. He's fantastic. He he is hot. He is charismatic. But uh, why not Mike Johnson? I saw that he was talking about being disappointed that he was passed over. I mean, he actually competed on The Bachelorette and he was a fan favorite. I'll say this about Mike. I love Mike. I've met him a few times. He's been very charming. Um, he was on Bachelor in Paradise after his season on Hannah Br- after his stint on Hannah Brown's season, 
and he wasn't really in the game. And Paradise is usually the place to solidify if you're campaigning for Bachelor. We saw Colton do it. We saw Nick Vile do it. And Mike would barely get any screen time. So I don't know if he has what it takes to lead a season. I would still love to see it. Maybe he'll get the opportunity down the line because he's also a great looking guy and seems very nice and genuine. But I mean, Matt James is, I I have really high hopes and I'm going to be very disappointed. I feel so bad for Mike after listening to him on Ashley and Ben's podcast. He was like really sad. He wasn't picked. There's no other word for it. He was just sad. Yeah, and Mike also said, noted that it's kind of odd that we have to get through Claire's season first. There's no hype anymore, but Claire's season is supposed to, I think, film in July and August, air in the fall. Matt James will film in the fall and air in January. Which, by the way, breaking news, not that important, but The Bachelorette is going to air on Tuesdays this fall instead of Mondays, and that is really affects my life in a in more than I can say. What a strange twist. I don't love that for me or for my podcast schedule, because if you need more details, go to listen to us. We've been for the right reasons podcast all about The Bachelor. Wow. Wow. How dare you? Well, guess what? Here's my revenge. We're going to play 25 Things You Don't Know About Me as we do every week. I've gone to the vault, back to our archive to pull out this issue from August 2010. My co-host will try to guess who we did this 25 Things You Don't Know About Me list with at the time. Listeners, you can play along. See if you can guess who the celebrity was who did this list with us. Number one, I speak French and English, and I spoke German while I was a child living in Germany. Number two, I have a debilitating fear of moths. Number three, I'm in the middle of writing a book that is part psychology, part philosophy, part spirituality, part Q&A, part prose, part art, and it is not a memoir. Number four, I'm a huge fan of my twin brothers music. Number five, I love historical and autobiographical movies. Number six, the smartest thing I've ever done is marry my husband, blank. Number seven, I love designing homes and spaces. Number eight, during my travels, I like to collect essential oils from around the world. Number nine, public recognition embarrasses me. Number 10, I love being on airplanes. Number 11, I make a mean chocolate chip banana bread. Number 12, I love red wine. Number 13, I love cutting people's hair. Number 14, I'm half Hungarian. Wow, no guesses yet, you guys? Who has a twin brother? Very international human. Number 15, my favorite food is Japanese hot pot, shabu shabu. Number 16, I have three turtles and they love to pile up on each other. Number 17, I'm profoundly sensitive. Number 18, I'm a bona fide jock. Number 19, I fancy. Number 19, I fancy myself a proficient massage therapist. I'm going to give you a hint. It's not a guy. Number 20, I love getting older. Number 21, my favorite place in the world is California's Big Sur. Number 22, I live for my rescue dogs. Number 23, I've never had a cavity. Marissa Levine. No. (laughs) 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 Number 24, I released my first record when I was 10 years old. Number 25, I am pregnant. Charlotte Church. No. Who (laughs) Who was pregnant in 2010? Who released a record at 10? Besides, like, the Olsen twins. Seriously. Well, this person was, I'll give you the, the hint for the peg. They were 36 at the time, and they were returning as a guest star on Weeds at the time. That's how we got this list, about 25 things. And now I'll just tell you who it was. It was Alanis Morissette. Oh, my God. Sorry, guys. Well, who knew she was a twin? Who knew she had a twin who was a rapper, too? Well, guys, Sweetie, you know, as I said, the singer who sang, that's my type, that's my type, the song, my and type. And so icy. And icy, yes. So icy was her other song. 
She has a new song out this week called Tap In and new music on the way. So I talked to her all about recording that music, the message she wants to share, the current fight for racial justice, her cooking skills, and so much more. Let's take a listen. Let's talk about Tap In first, of course, before we get to the rest of Pretty Bitch Music. How did this song come about? Tap In, well, I've been enjoying my Tap In on Twitter. It's called The Pretty Girl Tap In. And it's just a way for my fans to get quarantine cute, dropping, you know, pictures with their favorite filters, checking in on each other. I also did like a mental health like tap in. So I feel like the song is fun, but has an underlying message of just tapping into different things, whether it's social issues, your homegirls, fashion, all like all the above. So it's like I wanted something where it felt like my type, but way bigger. And I feel like that's what tap in is because it does have that underlying message. Because I know some people have been hesitant about releasing things at this time. But I, you know, I, I love that you recognize that fans are are just like foaming at the mouth, waiting for some like delicious <laughs> tracks to like bump to and then get to the clubs when we're out of this to, to be able to request. Have you been working on a lot of music while in quarantine? So much music. I actually put a studio in my apartment because the studio shut down. So I've been in the comfort of my own home. just been recording like crazy. and. Since we're talking about music, let's talk about Pretty Bitch Music. And yes. I'm so excited for this project because it's not nothing like my EPs. It's my EPs were, you know, six to seven songs. But now this is like 15 plus songs of just pure Pretty Bitch Music. And when I say Pretty Bitch Music, what is your pretty? How does it make you feel? Because, you know, the social media standard of being a bad bitch or being pretty, it doesn't fit everybody. And my fans come in all shapes, sizes, skin tones, backgrounds. And I want them to all feel bomb as fuck because when they do listen to my music, I make them feel like a bad bitch. So I was like, forget what, you know, society says about being pretty. What makes you pretty? And, you know, for bitch, I'm kind of like changing the meaning behind that. And I'm from the West Coast, Tupac from the West Coast. So I was inspired by his suck life. Like it was an acronym. So bitch to me is an acronym. It means bossy, independent, tough, creative. And I'm from the Bay. So the H is high C, which means, you know, like turning up. So because the title of this project is so loaded, it's the premises for, you know, the rest of the songs that support it. And I feel like it's just a great body of work that can inspire somebody. You can turn up to it. You can, you know, have fun, feel sexy. It has all these moves that embody what an icy girl is. Now, you are someone who consistently delivers your IG followers some sexy and very funny content. But obviously, what's going on in the country lately has been so hard for so many people, emotional and painful after losing George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and so many other Black lives to police brutality. Um, you've taken your to your platform to urge people to help with the fight against systemic racism. Can you speak a bit about your interest in that and what you've been doing and if you're comfortable with it, how you've been feeling? Um, for me, I feel like this is a personal issue because I do have a Black dad. I do have Black uncles. I do have a Black grandfather who have all been racially profiled, whether they were, you know, out um, socializing, driving. I had it in the car when my dad got pulled over. So this is something that I've been witnessing since, you know, I was a little girl. And I feel like social media has allowed the world to see how Black lives have not mattered to America. So I think it's important that we're all coming together to make that change. And by making that change, I'm happy to see, you know, people protesting, 
the way that I've been involved, all proceeds from my Pretty Little Thing collection have went to the Black Lives Matter Foundation. I will be a part of Rock the Boat this year. The more that I learn, the more I become passionate about, you know, my involvement. And I just feel like it's it's my duty to, along with my peers, to kind of harness the younger generation because, you know, if we're not educated, which I wasn't as a kid to vote, we feel like our opinion doesn't matter when in all actuality it does. So I feel like the more I educate, the more I'm active myself because I can't just be telling my fans and supporters what to do and I'm not doing anything. But the more I can, you know, show my active involvement in what's going on, we can move, you know, towards that change. So my whole thing is just educating, you know, my generation, the younger generation to let them know that their opinion and their voice matters. So when it comes when it comes time to November, like it is our duty to go out there and vote. And especially like I think we can vote we can vote from home now. So there's no excuse to to, to say why you can or cannot why you cannot vote. So I'm excited for this November and I'm excited to alert and to continue to inform my fans on how the participation counts. I know it's not the work of Black people to educate white people on topics related to race, but if you don't mind, are there things you'd urge white people to be doing right now? Because as you acknowledged before, you've got so many different fans, but I'm curious if specifically there's something you'd say that the white fans and white people should be doing. I'm not sure who controls the history books, but I've seen that there's a pattern of only enlightening you know, the youth, the middle schoolers, the elementary kids, the high schoolers, even the college kids, only highlighting highlighting the, the slave aspect of Black ancestry. So I would urge the people who I'm assuming who's creating these scholar books, if they, if they are white, to add more things that Black people have done in the past, because we're more than slaves. We're activists, we're entrepreneurs, we're CEOs, we're innovators of culture and business. So it's like... We need to know where we come from, our roots. Like, let us like highlight highlight the, the positives as well. Because I feel like why I wasn't so interested in Black history in school because we were only taught that we were slaves. And one thing that they did highlight was the Harlem Renaissance, but that was only a paragraph. So it's like I would urge the people who are creating these scholarly books to enlighten more than just slaves' history in Black culture because we're way more than that. I want to get back to the music, but but one question also related to pop culture. I'm not sure if you saw it recently. There was a situation where the former Bachelorette star, Hannah Brown, said a word that was not hers to say as a white person as she was singing along to the baby's rock star on Instagram Live. Is there something you want to say to your white fans if they're not still fully understanding that they should not be repeating that word when singing along to your lyrics? Um, just to clarify, is it the N-word? Yes. Yeah, I feel like if you're not black, period, you shouldn't be saying it. So whether if you're white or something else, if you're not black, don't say the N-word. And that's all I got to say to that. It's pretty disturbing that we still have to clarify that. But as there are examples that still spring up and this most recent one spilled into pop culture, I think it was an educational moment, hopefully for a lot of people. As we've talked about, the past few months have been challenging times for a lot of people. And you talked a little bit about the methods of tap in and how that can relate to a lot of things, whether it's tapping in, checking in with your friends or checking in or, you know, checking with your mental health. What do you hope your new music provides for people? For my new music, I just want to continue what I started from the beginning. I want to continue to inspire. I want to continue to make my fans feel comfortable in their own skin. I want to continue to motivate and I want to continue to have, you know, the summer anthems because 
according to the people, Icy Girl was a song of the summer two years ago. My Type was a song of the summer last year. So I'm hoping and I can see Tap In being the song of the summer this year. I mean, it's great to know that I'm a part of summer culture because I'm a summer baby. My birthday's in July. So the summer has always been my favorite season. So hopefully I continue to do what I've, I've been doing with my previous bodies of work. And Pretty Bitch Music is just that, but times a hundred. Like, it's so fun. Like, I listen to it every morning, and I, I have not got tired of it yet. You said to me if you could release Pretty Bitch Music tomorrow, you would. But can you just give me any any idea, any even a loose timeline when we're going to get pretty bitch music if you know you know what i can't give you that but what i can give you is that there's this song and i don't mean to tease you but if i can't give you something i'm at least you know a substitute something else that i can give you Thank i you. have a song and it's a it's a workout song and when i tell you it makes it just makes you want to just stay in the gym because it's so fun and i created the workout song because i love to work out but i'm like Sometimes I'm not motivated to go, but as soon as you hear this come on, you're like, oh no, where my gym shoes at? And before we go, I saw you cooking on Insta Stories last night, cooking the squid, the seafood Alfredo, the anchovy salad, the bison. Are you cooking such delicious meals like that for you and Quavo every night? It's whenever he wants it. He's spoiled. (laughs) 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 Well, you are clearly treating him right. My grandparents on both sides, my black and Filipino side, raised me. They all love to cook. So growing up, like, I love being in the kitchen, helping them cut up food. I'm a big foodie. I love my food. And if I'm hungry, I get a really bad attitude. So I love to cook. I love to taste as I go. So cooking for me, cooking to me, like, it's just like a, it's like a, a game. It's like so much fun. So when he asked me to cook, I'm like, okay, baby, what you want today? And, so, and it's always like a challenge because he likes those boa those crustaceans, those STK type of meals. So I have to challenge myself and I have to make it work. Oh my gosh, you guys, I'm so excited for Pretty Bitch Music in case you couldn't tell from that conversation. And I love Sweetie so much. So please check out Tap In this week. I'm sure once we're all sufficiently out of core, we will be requesting it at the clubs. Well, that's it for today. Thank you for joining our Hot Hollywood podcast this week. We hope that you join us again next week. And whether you listen on Spotify, tune in on iTunes, or stream this podcast some other way, we hope you are enjoying it or maybe even learning something from it because we do try to deliver the hottest, most relevant news to you each week. Please share, like, subscribe, tell a friend about this weekly news podcast, and please tell us. Find us on social media, search for Brody Brown, Gwen Flamberg, Travis Cronin, or Sarah Huron. Those of us who work at Us Weekly, we're on Instagram and Twitter. And let us know your thoughts, what you want to hear more of, maybe what you want to hear, who you want to hear from. Otherwise, we hope you'll join us next week again on Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood podcast. So long and farewell until next week.